Down to the Nub Podcast, the cigar podcast show focusing on premium cigars and good times. With industry leaders, cigar giveaways, interviews, and more, here are your hosts, Cigar Show Tim and Brandon Cigar Mechanic Wells. Let's get it started. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Down to the Nub, episode 30, that we're just going to say stuff, because that's what we talk about here. Stop. And I'm I'm, Stop. I'm I'm rocking my big uh, big you know studios sound studio headphones because I can't find my in ear monitors. Still, are those your Beats by Dre? So you can be they cool. Are, they are completely not. These are like <laughs> Amazon MPOW like thirty seven dollar knockoff ones that actually sound way better than hundred dollar Sony ones that I returned because these sounded better. Yes, I love it. Well, Screw Sony, and up yes. with Empower, whatever you're wearing. Yeah, Empower, Kimpower, K-pop. Empower. I wonder where those are made. Empower. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now people are going to call me a racist. That's what editing's for, if I yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you won't edit it. We'll leave that in there. I'm fine with it. There we go. So uh, you you look like you're using a fancy lighter there, buddy. I am, but you know, I like I I feel like I'm the first time I've ever lit a cigar. It's um, it's stupid, but yeah, I'm using the brand new Lotus GT lighter. Mm. Uh, this thing is killer. Uh, actually, I would love to have these guys as a sponsor of our show, Lotus. If you're listening, we'd love to have you as a sponsor of our show. Um, the new Lotus GT lighter. I love it. Oops, I just turned the wheel. It looks like a Hot Wheel lane here. Oh, look at that thing. Oh, look at that. Cigar show with him. But it's got two punches on it. So it's got one on this side, and it has one on this side. So you've got two punches. So you've got a left hook and a right hook. Yeah, it's kind of like the Gullwing Mercedes right there, right? And then it's got this really big wheel on the bottom for turning for uh, ease of adjustment. A nice window on the back. Uh, flip lid. I like that it's not a like push the button or flip and like it's a spring loaded because those always break. Um, but flip it open and then it's a push button, which is really unique and cool. Oh, wow. Dual flame comes to a point. Here's the really cool thing about this, though. When it's closed, I can't light it. Wait, it's you can't even push the button. Wow. Yeah, look. No click. click. See? So everybody that's listening on the podcast, you you basically had the best perspective of that because you weren't watching anything anyways. <laughs> that's why we had to get the sound. Wait for the click. Oh, wait. No, there wasn't no click. Aaron, there wasn't. No click. Wow, that was good. So what yeah. are you smoking? I don't know. It's uh, Amandola. Uh, you know more about this because uh, you, you actually introduced me to this. You introduced me to the brand. I'd mm-hmm. never heard of it before. And um, they just recently sent us some stuff because they're on the upcoming show, maybe? They are on the upcoming maybe? show. Yes. So I figured I'd give them a smoke because uh, they're on our next uh, show on Sunday, on uh, the 3 p.m. Sunday Live, 3 p.m. Pacific time, uh, down to the dub on YouTube. And uh, they're going to be on our live show. So I'm really excited to have them here. Uh, they sent us some cool stuff, a couple samples of cigars. So I'm giving them a shot right now. But 
you know more about this than I do. Um, so why don't you tell them what I'm smoking? I know. I, I had to ask just so for once I actually could share about a cigar and have knowledge and you know, <laughs> have knowledge. <laughs> because the one I'm smoking, you have more knowledge on than I do. But now you yeah, the uh, the new cannoli from Amendola Cigars, uh, Jeffrey Amendola and uh, Chris Monaco are the two owners of Amendola Family Cigars, and uh, the cannoli is now made in the Lazona factory. And if you are familiar at all with cigars, you will know that Lazona, well, Espinosa, that is their factory, and so the cannoli is now made in the Lazona factory. And uh, their stuff previously was made by Caffey nineteen oh one, Dr. Gabby Caffey. Uh, and all that stuff, and they've recently switched over to Lazona Factory, and then they've got some other stuff they're working on that I won't tell everybody about where they're working with and what they're doing, because, uh, well, you'll just have to watch the live this coming Sunday and find out for yourself from Chris and Jeff. So there, that's the Amendola Cannoli. I love it, man. It's actually smoking really good, dude. From first light up, I was like, wow, this is this is really good. It's very smooth. It's got a little bit of a spice to it, um, just, but not overpowering. I, I don't like a cigar that has an overpowering spice. Um, I was expecting it to taste like a cannoli, and it does not. So, um, no, if I was a reviewer, if I was a reviewer, I'm extremely let down right now because it does not taste anything like a cannoli. No, although it, it, to be fair, the the cigar I'm smoking doesn't taste like a wooden pier either. Cause I'm <laughs> and especially not 28 of them. What are you smoking? I'm smoking the pier 28. Cause I honestly dug through my humidor and thought I don't want something dark. And that was <laughs> what was staring at me. And I went, sure. That works until I got, sure, out. I was like, Oh, okay. I grabbed the pier 28. There we go. <laughs> so so you're, you're telling me you put a lot of thought and effort into what you're smoking tonight. I did. I, I, I thought about this long and hard for oh. about, seconds yeah but it, it's not too bad at all it's uh it's burning pretty well and um i'm smoking a cigar yeah I mean, that's what the important thing is, is now that that comes from uh tim wong yes uh, not who tim, is wong. A, tim wong to wong tim tim wong tim wong uh and he was a uh he, he still is representative for uh espinosa cigars and aj fernandez and i think illusione uh, maybe Regia still out in California, but uh, he was working with Espinosa again. And here's Espinosa Lazona factory again and asked them to create a blend. So he went down and worked on some blends and that is his latest release, which is the Connecticut. And I love the band on that thing, that, that turquoise and that Chrome that comes out with the white, it's such light. like a retro look. Yeah. Yeah. You got this bright light and we're trying to focus from everybody watching the podcast. Again, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah. Everybody listening. If you're watching it, you 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 missed a lot still because it was fuzzy and it just looked like a blob. Yeah, yeah. But so it's not too bad. I wanted something just a little more mild and, and light tonight because I recently uh, tried for my review channel and smoked the uh, and again it's another Espinosa, the 601 La Bomba Warhead Six, and. Holy moly, that thing is strong. <laughs> I, I had to slow down after I got most of the way into the final third, actually just barely into the final third and had to slow down. And it, it, yeah, it was one of those like, okay, I don't want to Martina Maya myself, but I'm, <laughs> if I don't slow down, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, 
those of you that don't know, I, I got challenged. Um, I'm a part of a group called Shadow Smokers Legion. I've uh, been a part of the group for a while. And uh, Tony, who started the group, challenged me to smoking two cigars at one time. Yep. And uh, I said, why the heck not? So I actually, uh, when I started, I started off with two cigars and then I added a third one, which became very, very awkward. But I picked the 1502s because they're box press and I figured it'd be easier to smash them together and kind of harmonica the thing. Uh, and um, it, it wasn't. But uh, <laughs> so I, I put one of them down. I ended up smoking the two cigars. And then I, and some people were, you know, of course, everybody's why I did this live. Mm-hmm. So everyone's watching, they're making comments. So I called out somebody else to do it. So I passed on the challenge and then it started kind of getting, turning into this challenge And Martina Maya. Uh, he did that and tried to man up with some, you know, some, some, some cigars. And um, towards the end of it, it was really interesting because he's getting those, uh, those puke burps and uh, everything's going on. And we're, yeah, the hiccups, the whole night. We're like, here it comes. He's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw up. And you're just like, <laughs> it's coming and then he oh. disappeared off camera <laughs> disappeared off camera audio is still rolling you can hear every bit of the sound oh my it was it was wonderful it's one of the best things i've ever seen on 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 live tv interwebs i don't know what it, it was just it was it was awesome on the live face space yeah wherever it was i, I think it was on face space yeah i was in the shadow smokers group but yeah, so we uh, I, I screenshot a bunch of photos with him. Uh, actually, pretty damn green. It was awesome. <laughs> but the the six hundred one La Bomba Warhead six uh, is it will kick you in the teeth and it will set you back. But uh, if you want to know whether I made that cigar, not made, if whether I voted that cigar nubworthy or not, you're going to have to watch the review. Uh, oh. And, uh, shameless plug. And, and see for yourself. On my <laughs> shameless plug. We just talked and plugged Martina Maya. I got to plug myself. I mean, <laughs> We've been but, plugging Espinosa since the beginning of the show. <laughs> all right. Espinosa, we're ready for sponsorship if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Lotus and Espinosa. There we it. go. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it was a, a strong, strong cigar. And, and yeah. Uh, it it caught me off guard, and I had had a full dinner and everything, but oh man, oh man, I love it. I love hearing that, dude. I just did. You know, did you did you solve the the issue of the cigar drunkenness uh, in any way, shape, or form, or did you just kind of let it ride? I let it ride and went to bed. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, I, I can't do that. I was like, okay, do I have a soda? No, because then I'll have the the nicotine burps, and then I'll have the soda burps, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm ready to go to bed. Well, I could just have a cookie or have the uh, screw it. I'm just going to bed. I'm tired anyways, and I just passed out. <laughs> you're tired because you're cigar drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the sweats? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm watching that one, dude. Yeah, totally had the sweats, uh, and and yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there and. When I get to the final third and I'm talking about how it ramped up and everything, I said, and you, as I was editing the video, I'm going back and watching it. It was the next day that I edited it. And you can just, yeah. I'm, I'm just glistening, like with the lights that are on me. You could just, like, it's all shiny underneath my eyes. Everything. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Nicotine sweats. Oh, dude, I love it. I freaking mm-hmm. love it. That is a must 
if you've never watched any of them, watch that one. I mean, this is oh, I can't wait. And it comes out. Is it this week that it comes out? It is. It is. Well, actually, from when you're listening or watching this, it came out last Thursday last morning. Week. So yeah. you, you go to uh, youtube.com slash Cigar Show Tim and check out that review and get ready to have your popcorn out because you're going to laugh your butt off at me. Oh, dude, I can't. I can't I've got to see this, man. This is, I can't wait to screenshot this. The memes are going to come out in the groups about you. It's going to be beautiful. Yes. Well, speaking of memes in groups, when we had Jason with Barrel Burners on live with us and yeah. – uh, I froze or made a face or whatever it was that happened. Uh, yep. Yeah, in in their Discord chat room, uh, my my face with that frozen whatever smirk I had on it um, was put on the face of a whale. <laughs> <laughs> and, ridiculous, but yeah. And then Jason made a point after it got posted because I hadn't seen it yet of tagging me and hey, hey, your your memes up there. And I went there's like two or three different ones, and yeah, I, I died laughing. It was awesome. Mm. I love it, dude. I freaking love it, man. Well, listen, dude, how's life been treating you? I know uh, you're itching to tell us about the uh, the house update, <laughs> the weekly house update from Tim. <laughs> this isn't the down to the nub show anymore. This is yeah. just straight up like Tim's house update. Yeah. This so, is a segment we call house update by Tim. I know, right? Cling. Um, no, it's it's good from when this is airing. We should only be we should be less than a week away uh, from having keys. And uh, we went back and forth with our inspection and all sorts of stuff. And so <laughs> um <laughs> rabbit holes bound as much in this episode but no we should have keys within the next couple of days uh and after negotiating back and forth on different things because it needed some work done they're uh, crediting us back some money which is a huge blessing and we're going to be able to basically take care of all the repairs that that are needed um and and get the house just the way that we want it uh in terms of some of the things that needed work but i'm excited we're gonna have a yard each of the boys are gonna have their own room we're gonna have nice. a family room and i i don't know how it worked out, but it just worked out that when Aaron and I were talking a couple nights ago about the house and plans and how we're going to set this area up and where we're going to put some furniture and do some different things. Uh, we were talking, there's a living room when you first enter in the house and there's a family room in a room addition. And, uh, and so we're talking and she's like, oh yeah, well you can just get, you know, a basic TV for the front living room. And then the family room is going to have the main big one. I was like, yeah, we've got a 65 inch that I already found that's going up in that room. Sure. And I, if the boys are going to go in there and play because the front living room is like the formal sitting, hanging out more of an adult room. I don't want the smaller TV in the front living room. Cause if that's where we're watching TV while they're playing, then I just screwed myself yeah. out of watching a good TV. And she goes, is it really that big of a deal to you? <laughs> and I said, you've been yeah. 11 years and we've been together for almost 15. You know me well enough by now. That's a big deal. And she goes, if it's a difference of like a hundred, 150 bucks, I don't care. Just do it. So I'm going to have two 65 inch TVs. <laughs> all right yeah. there you go man i like it dude i like it we gotta get you one of those like 90 inch tvs in there oh could you imagine that would be no, awesome i can't no i don't you know i think i think there's a certain point when a tv gets too big yeah i looked when at you're the, having 70, a- the 75s and i thought 75 that's not bad but then i just thought okay when it's that big Anything could happen to it. You bump it, or I mean, all sorts of different things, and it's just too big to look from. I mean, you're staring at a 55 right now for your yeah. your monitor and everything, and imagine being in a living room and it would be like in a movie theater, which would be fun. But if it got to that point, I'd honestly just put a 
projector up on the ceiling and and call it a day at that. But yeah, at some point you just get too big. So that's why I love, I landed on sixty five. I think it's you know yeah, it, it's it, perfect, good perfect size for entertaining yeah. watching movies and doing all that. And then the man cave, the new studio is going to have, uh, I think it's a forty seven inch in there. So. No, that's where you put the 110 inch. That way, that way, like you know, when you're doing the when we're doing the podcast or we're doing the live, you know, you're always you know kind of like me. I'm always doing this. My eyes. Yeah, somebody right. told me the other day, they're like, "I'm watching you on the live. Your eyes are everywhere, but we're like on the camera." I was like, "Yeah, I'm watching the time. I'm watching the comments. I'm changing the screen. Like, there's all this stuff because that's what I do during the show, right?" And yeah, I'm dancing all over the place, looking at everything, and then I realized that I actually look at an empty chair in my office every once in a while, like right now, and <laughs> I, I kind of go like. Yeah, isn't that right, sir? And there's nobody there. So um, I, my excuse is that Jesus is here with me, uh, and he's proud of what I'm doing, and I get to look at him and get my validation. There you go. Does that work? Absolutely. Okay. Hey, Jesus. What's up, buddy? You too. <laughs> <laughs> I catch you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard him say something like, you're kicking ass, dude. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? Oh, man. I, you know, listen, I, it's like I said last week, man. I, I just, I love to complain about being blessed. Um, so it's, it's, it's that thing that I was talking about. I, I've talked about it with a few people. And I don't know if I talked about it last week on the podcast, but like, it's, it's, I've had five cars break down in the last week now or last week and a half something like that. My, my car that I just bought is still in the shop, but we negotiated and came to a, a final conclusion and the deal. Um, I could have been a total stickler and, you know, I actually threw the Arizona lemon law for used cars at him. There you go. Um, it's actually the guy that I was talking to. And then all of a sudden, like two seconds later, my phone's ringing with the owner of the dealership. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's uh, that's, that's, that's figure this out. I sound like Seinfeld for a minute. They're like, let's figure this out. Uh, and uh <laughs> i am not gonna be george costanza or kramer sorry not gonna happen. come on man <laughs> kramer at least smokes cigars um, yeah, and i definitely yeah, we, i'll tell you that don't ask me to do the elaine part yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's certain parts of kramer that you just don't want to be associated with um but he was yeah we, we we had a really good talk and we came to an agreement and and i and i think it was a fair deal so i should Fingers crossed, hopefully have my car back by Friday. Um, you know, it's so funny because like I, I talk with these guys, and they're like, Well, you know, we'll we're we're paying for the installation of the transmission. And I'm like, dude, let me send you a picture of my home. Like, do you really think I care about I, I would actually rather put the transmission in myself because then right. I know it's done right. Um, you know, there's only one bolt left over instead of six. Um and the seals are all where they're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, but I mean the guy was really cool. I've seen some of the cars that they've actually built, some of the, the race cars and stuff like that. So I trust it's gonna get done right. I've been in communication with them. Uh so hopefully by Friday, late afternoon, early evening, I have my hey, car back. <laughs> so it has officially been uh actually last week two days after I dropped it off, it had been in their hands longer than it's been in mine. <laughs> I've had the car for three days since I paid all that money for it. But uh, I should have it back, which I'm excited about because I am now going to Colorado. Yes. Um, so I'll be headed to Colorado. I think by the time, yeah, by the time this airs, I'll, I'll, I'll actually be um, probably sitting. Yeah. You'll be in Colorado. 
I'll be in Colorado. Um, I'll be visiting a couple shops and getting prepared for uh, a dinner um, with uh, all the guys from Smoker Friendly. Nice. Yeah, so we have our dinner on Thursday night, which will be you know the night that this airs uh, with Smoker Friendly. And then Friday, we are doing the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival, um, the uh, trade show portion, not the, uh, not the consumer portion. So it's just the trade show portion that we'll be doing. But we'll be there for Lotus. They asked us if we could help out, and we said, we'll do more than help out. Just don't even come out. Send us a product. We'll take care of everything. So, um, yeah, so we're there doing that. They're hooking us up. It's a good deal. Well, and it'll probably be nice for for you and Drew to be out on the road and and not just you know in your local area and doing different things and, and feel a little bit more back to normal by being at you know a cigar festival. Even though there isn't the consumer aspect, there's the trade show, and you know right. be able be able to get back into some kind of a, a groove of feeling somewhat normal that your job is continuing and picking back up and things are moving. Yeah, and I'm really not sure how this is going to look because I've talked to a couple of the other manufacturers that I work with, and um, you know, I think we, I think one of them was asking me to do something on one of the days. So I'm like, oh, I'll be in Colorado at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. And they're like, they're still doing that. And I'm like, they're doing the trade show. They're like, they are. <laughs> like, oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so who will be there? <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? I'm I'm probably going to the only trade show of the year in just about any industry. Um, so, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's going to be cool. We get to see a lot of oh, the yeah. customers that we don't see, uh, meet some new faces. Um, my fear, dude, I, I am, I am so afraid of this right now because I may end up being forced. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Bro, it hurts to say, man. I may end up being forced to cover your mouth before you say it. <laughs> Well, that's what I might have to do is cover my mouth. I may be forced to wear a freaking mask. Uh, so I'm trying to avoid it. I was talking with the Lotus today, and they're like, well, you know, they're going to have a designated smoking area during this show this time. You can't just smoke anywhere. And I'm like, aha, but I can chew on a cigar. So I may be chewing on a cigar for the next week. <laughs> I'll light it every once in a while, but... I'm going to walk out of my hotel room uh, with a cigar cut and in my mouth, ready to be lit. I'll be chewing on that son of a bitch the whole time. And I I, dude, I may learn to actually eat a cigar by the time this is done <laughs> just to avoid wearing a stupid mask. It's just salad. I mean, you're just you're getting your greens for the day. Well, and I was actually told by a friend of mine that owns a ranch that um, we were smoking some cigars over by the horses and uh, I had dropped mine. And he's like, oh, just leave it there. The horses will eat it. And I'm like, they can eat the cigars? And he's like, it'll actually help if there's any worms in their stomach. The tobacco actually kills the worms. Um, so it's actually really good for the horses to eat the cigars. I'm like, well, when I'm done with the next one, you want me to throw it in the hay bale? I'll make, I'll make sure it's not hot. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess if uh, by the end of this, I by the end of this Colorado trip, I won't have worms. Nice. Very good. And and we now have the title for this episode, Cigars for Horses. Yeah, or uh, or or does the mechanic have worms? <laughs> Tobacco salad. I think we should just title it, I Don't Have Worms. Done. I like it. <laughs> See, guys, this is how we come up with this is how we come up with these episodes, guys. <laughs> and if you're still listening. 
and and you've stayed with us this long thank you because just thank you 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 deserve a medal god bless you <laughs> god, god bless you yeah i think we've both just i mean listen we both had really really busy chaotic uh weeks uh we've yeah. we've we've to the point that on stuff that we don't normally drop the ball on we've dropped the ball on mm-hmm. and um that's okay i mean this stuff happens i mean i i just we we've we've had car, you know for me i've had cars break down we've had family stuff and you know speaking of speaking of horses squirrel moment real quick uh i guess my mother-in-law bought a horse for my kid um I just found that out. So that's interesting um, because she rode a horse twice and enjoyed it. So I guess, yeah, let's buy a horse. Why not? Yeah. Let's go spend a hundred thousand dollars after two times. That, that's like, that's like Bro. a kid that gets their permit and it's like, Oh, uh, let's, let's go buy you a Ford GT. Yeah. Here's a Ferrari. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know you don't know how to drive a stick shift and don't know how to handle power yet, but you know, F here's, it. here's a Ferrari. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, see, and, and I love it, having having my boys. My oldest one, Micah, is nine. And with the house and everything, he wants to decorate. And he's huge into supercars right now, which makes me happy because I just love cars. But he's huge into McLaren and Lamborghini and Ferrari and Bugatti. And I mean, all these, you know. The, Koenigsegg. Koenigsegg and, you know, Pagani and, you know, all these other ones. And he goes, oh, yeah. And, you know, he's got a video game. Uh, that's need for speed and it's got this and he goes yeah and i'm saving up for the bugatti veyron um and it doesn't have the um sharon in it yet because the game's too old and, like he starts rattling all this stuff off and i was just like oh you have no idea how proud i am of you because you're <laughs> and you're making sense and you're learning this stuff and we asked him a couple nights ago it's like hey micah what do you what do you want up in your room you know and every you know little boy that goes through the the superhero phase which is amazing and fun and that's what jeremiah my uh six-year-old wants to have uh or now seven um my seven-year-old wants to have but he goes he goes i want supercars i just want like supercars and posters and stuff of cars all over my room and supercar bedding so we found mclaren bedding for yes amazon so he's gonna have mclaren um p1 like duvet cover comforter or whatever you call it i don't know i'm a guy so i don't know what the actual terminology is and pillowcases and everything sheets all yeah all that stuff and so he's gonna have a supercar bed and uh, he tried begging us for actually a race car bed and i was like uh i I love you kid but that's for like your brother's aging younger you're not getting a race car bed he goes well then can i get sheets from supercars cool done i'll buy those for you in a heartbeat but you gotta find a race car bed dude you have to I know, right? Part of me is tempted to like get plywood and, and just like shape it and bend it and you know, do all that because he's, but he's starting to want to do like with scouts, he's starting to use knives and, and do all these different things. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I'll have him help me out of wood, like cut and make his own race car bed. Uh, I, I got a better idea for you. Just buy my just car. Go, just go buy a convertible Ferrari and then gut the thing and put and- it in the Put it in the room and just put a mattress in it. Done. It needs a mattress. <laughs> he would Not sleep really. on the floor if I got him the body. Sorry, <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't care. No, he wouldn't care. He's gonna he's gonna sleep in those Italian seats, man. They, the the uh, Italian leather seats. He's just gonna be passed out just sitting up in that thing, man. That's gonna be great. Yeah, it, he'd be looking. Dad, did you know this color is called this and this orange? And that's a, and it, cool. Sounds good. But yeah, no, I do never, now. Yeah, right. Exactly. But no, it's it, it's it's fun because he's wanted to do all those different things. But yeah. yeah. So 
so now you get to have your daughter go and ride her little pony all the time, huh? Yeah, it's a uh, you know I've thought about now that I guess she owns a horse. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was actually thinking the other day, um, not the other day, it was today. It seems like it was the other day. Today's been a long dang day. Uh, I was actually thinking, I wonder if Amazon sells, and I'm sure they do, a unicorn horn that can be attached to a horse. Oh, I'm sure they do. There's got to be something that doesn't irritate the horse, but it's a because she was like massively into unicorns, man. She loved unicorns. And if I can get her a freaking unicorn horn for a horse, I could see my child strutting around that freaking yard uh riding the horse with a unicorn horn on it they probably do and it probably attaches to like the blinders or something and you just strap it on to can something now we have to find a unicorn horn for your daughter i know i'm thinking we ought to just end this podcast and find one i know right just just pull it up we'll <laughs> can watch us right now it's watching on youtube <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody listens anyways i know right uh, thanks for the twos of listeners yeah, yeah. So no, I, I think it's you know I'm excited for it, dude. I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting, it's frustrating um, because I I hate seeing that that money being spent on this stuff, but uh, she's happy and that's cool, I guess. Um, but you know, they go out and they buy the boots. They you know they're gonna go get all the 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 uh, accoutrement for the horse. Uh, so. The yeah, I could just see like she's gonna come in and looking like a horse jockey one of these days, and I'm just gonna be like, "Oh dear God, what is happening right now?" And my fear is, you know, she's 11, uh, and you know, it's a phase. We've been we've been through the ballet, we've been through this, we've been through that. It's like, which yes, I, I sat through ballet recitals, um, <clears throat> and what they per, what they show in the movies is 100 percent accurate um, about that. But I'm a proud father, so I'm going to go support it and watch it, Absolutely. and then hurry, hurry and get out and find a cigar. Um, but no, I, I just I hope this isn't a phase, man. I hope she really enjoys it. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because my daughter tells me that that they're going to go buy this horse, and I was like, "What?" And she goes, "Well, they don't live as long as a parrot," <laughs> and that's justification. Sure, let's buy six of them. <laughs> really they don't live as long as a parrot that's your that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna throw at me that's your defense <laughs> you also can't put a saddle on a parrot and ride it around okay like <laughs> they are not comparable items no I, I i just but it's it's 11 year old philosophy uh i get it um i don't but i i can try to understand it <laughs> But yeah, so she's got a horse now. So it's yeah, it's been an interesting week, man. But you know, listen, I'm I'm happy. She's happy. She's riding in the. I think the second time she went out riding, not on her horse, but on another one, uh, she got she got to learn how to um, gracefully get thrown off of a horse. Um, so she came home from that was like, yeah, I got thrown off of a horse. <laughs> I'm bragging about it. <laughs> yeah, and now we're buying one. I was like, okay, cool, cool. Sounds so, good. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited about. It. I mean, listen, I used to ride horses until I had one fall on me and step on my face and my leg, and then I can still go around them. I'm just not really interested in getting on them anymore. Yeah, um, because I think I realized that maybe they're not the happiest with me on the horse. Uh, 
because he that horse definitely told me that like, I did the whole high ho silver, you know, the one hand in the air and the thing just came flat back on top of me. And oh. um, yeah, so uh, I, I thank God I was at a Christian camp when this happened because um, other than the obvious to my face, nothing happened. So um, and I still played hockey and volleyball that day. dude. I had a broken leg. I didn't know it. I had a concussion and I was still playing hockey and volleyball that day. And, like middle, and I forgot my middle four vertebrae were strained too. So like they were all kind of twisted and discombobulated. And I'm like, Oh, let's play hockey. And I was mad. They wouldn't put me in the rodeo. Like what's wrong with men. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. My I aunt, when I was a kid had a horse and cause my aunt loves horses. Now they own like 50 acres up in Idaho and have horses and all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I would ride their horse when I was a kid and I was like six years old, but it was fun. I had, you know, fun memories. Yeah. Of, it was never anything serious, you know, and going crazy on it, but it was fun memories as a kid. Well, and that's what it comes down to. I mean, really it comes down to the memories and you know, that's, it's funny because like I look back at my childhood and I, and I, well, let me ask you this. What's one, uh, what's one of the gifts you remember getting for Christmas gift that you unwrapped? Ooh. I mean, I remember quite a few of them, but one that stuck out and I'm going to be made fun of forever on this one. So I'm giving you yes. all the leverage in the world to use it in the future, all of our viewers and listeners. So when, and many of you may not be old enough to remember this, but remember when Teddy Ruxpin was out? Oh, yeah. You put the cassette in, he read a story to you, you followed along, his mouth cassette. moved, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, cassette. The thing that, if you know what a pencil does in relation to a cassette you're old enough to know the story right uh, but uh but my family was really really thrifty because we just didn't have money and my i was huge into sesame street and big bird well sesame street put out a big bird version of teddy ruxpin and so for christmas one year i got the big bird reads to me or whatever it was called right. where big bird's beak moved and all that kind of stuff I was in hog heaven. I put all sorts of stuff in there. I remember trying to put music cassettes in there and watching his mouth trying, I mean, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so that's, that was one of my childhood memories. Opening up a present was I got to open up a talking big bird. Okay. So one of the, one of the things that I, that I remember, one of the only gifts that I remember receiving for Christmas, now I'm talking Christmas. Cause I like, I kind of, I kind of, uh, you know, differentiate, you know, Christmas from birthdays from, you know, we got little things for Easter and stuff like that. But for Christmas, I remember getting a diamondback mountain bike. Nice. Um, and we lived right in the foothills in LA. So, you know, I was always up in the mountains. So it was like, you know, we, and we started going kamikaze down these mountainsides. Um, just not a care in the world. Um, yeah. I actually remember when Glenora, Glenora mountain road got shut down. I remember looking down at my speedometer, uh, cause I had the little digital speedometer on the bike. And I was doing 45 miles an hour on a mountain bike at one point, uh, rounding these mountain curves. And because you just, you know, you were, you were, you, you weren't going to die, right? You just, you were going to be fine. Yeah, there's no and, cars. We just go, and we just figured out as we go. Yeah, there had been a landslide, so they'd shut down the road. So I knew there was going to be no cars. Um, so there, that was the, the issue. Now, what the issue was was that they didn't clean the roads, so there was definitely rocks and pebbles and stuff like that. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know, you deal with what you get. But I remember just, the, and that's the one thing I remember. But I will tell you this. I remember more the experiences that I had during the holidays than I do the gifts. 
And yeah. I could probably go through almost every single year in whether good or bad. Uh, I can remember experiences. I remember going to my uncle's house uh, because he started the Chino Lights um, in California, where the whole entire neighborhood, this like I'm talking blocks and blocks, you can see it from the freeway. I think you can see it from space. Uh, and, and, and he started that. That's awesome. Uh, so we'd go to his house and we'd hang out at like, you know, the founder of this whole thing's house. And like, his, you know, his, his freaking meter is just spinning like crazy it's before digital meters. The thing's spinning like crazy because there's so many lights on this house. And uh, he was I remember hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I just remember there every year going there and seeing what new thing he had out. And it was really funny because in California, you know, they, they put all the trash out. You know, this is back in the day. You bring your trash cans out. You could pile stuff up. And the guy would come around in the trash truck and load stuff into the bin. And, you know, it was they when people actually did work. Yeah, they actually got out of the truck and dumped it into, like, a dumpster that was attached to the trash truck. And they would yeah. just the whole dumpster. Yeah, yeah. And so we would drive around, and we would actually, like, on trash day, and we would pull stuff out. Because like people threw away good stuff, and we'd have a yard sale twice a year, and we'd make a shit ton of money from that. So uh, it was really cool because like one man's trash is another man's treasure, and we would find like I remember one year we were looking for horses, and so we'd find like you know the, those like the spring horses like the kids had the little rocking ones. Uh huh. So we'd find those plastic horses, and he got a bunch of those and made a merry-go-round with these horses that we had pulled out of the trash and had like little elves on it. This thing's going around playing music and all this kind of, it was really freaking neat. That's awesome. So, like those are the things like, you know, I remember the experiences. And so like for me growing up with our kids, like we were never really big on the gifts. We yeah. are always really about making sure that there was an experience. So we'll go somewhere. We do, we used to go to California or we'll go up to Prescott and, you know, stay at St. Michael's and, wake up in the morning, there's usually snow falling and they get to open their gifts and, you know, we decorate the room a little bit and we always try to do an experience for our kids because that to me is the ultimate gift is remembering those times with your family because there's going to come a time in life that that's not around. Yep. And and that's what my in-laws do now. They have for the last three or four years is they don't do, I mean, they still get a couple Christmas presents for the boys and we open our stockings and whatnot but they give our family basically a trip, you know, and we get to pick one year. It was Legoland and we turned it into annual passes for Legoland. They put us up in the hotel for a couple nights. Of course. Yeah. You know, one year we did a tour of San Diego essentially where we had passes to sea world in the zoo and the safari park. What, when I was a kid was called the wild animal park, but now it's the safari park. Um, you know, and we, we, one year we were out in Arizona before I knew you, it was uh, Christmas, 2016. And we went out and did the polar express thing in Williams, Arizona and did all that kind of stuff. And that's, they're big on that. Let's, let's, let's give you guys something that you can take pictures of that you can take video right. of, document that you can remember as opposed to a toy that they're going to play with for maybe, maybe three months and move on. Okay. And it's going to break and you know, it's, it's not cool anymore, whatever it is. So, I mean, you, the listener, as you're as you're listening to this right now, uh, do me a favor and bleep bloop down in the comments there. Uh, something that you remember. What is your most memorable experience uh, during Christmas? And I know we're nowhere near the holidays, but you know what? It's sometimes it's nice to just kind of sit back and think about some of these memorable experiences. And if all of your experiences are absolute hell, which some families were in the holidays, what was your favorite gift that you ever got? Yeah. Uh, throw that down in the comments. Let us know so that we can kind of get to know you. But let us know what some of the, the gifts that you got that you remember, the ones that were impactful to you. Um, 
Because like that bike for me was something. Dude, I rode that for years. Oh, I bet. I beat the piss out of that bike. And we rode that thing for, I rode that thing for years. Um, so what are some of those memorable gifts or memorable moments that you had during, uh, for, and let's, let's be specific to Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So throw those down in the comments. We'd love to see them. Uh, and as always, we try to do our best to respond. I've been trying to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not always good at it. There were always the things that I wanted and just never got. And then I look back a year later and I was like, oh, I wanted that so much the previous year. Like when it came to bikes, I wanted either a GT bike and it was just GT yellowish gold lettering. It was a yeah. chrome bike. I remember or, the GTs. Or a Dino VFR. Yeah, oh, the Dinos. The Dino VFR. Like that was the yeah. bike to have with the pegs on it and yeah. everything. And I remember we just obviously i never got it which is fine no big deal but i remember there are those years where it was like oh i just wanted that specific thing so bad but it's hilarious to see how things have changed and i know back a couple months ago we put it put out an episode talking about fun childhood memories and things that we did with reckless abandon but my boys (laughs) uh, think i am from outer space because they were riding their scooters and one of them's got like a pro scooter. I don't know why it's called pro. I think it's just because they charge you $400 for it and say that it's like a pro, but, of uh, but the, of course they asked me, so what kind of, what did your scooter like look like when you were a kid, dad? And I was like, uh, it, <laughs> we didn't have these kinds of scooters. What, what do you mean? Well, what did you have as a scooter? I said, scooters in my day were literally a skinny skateboard deck with a handlebar that came straight up from it. Like that yeah. was in my day and I had a Mickey Mouse one when I was like six years old and I loved it and had a great time with it and then they go oh but skateboards you had skateboards yes skateboards were around but they looked totally different what do you mean yes. well they had a single fin it was like 30% wider than they are right now it had the plastic scrape plate on the bottom of the fin in the back bigger wheel I mean all sorts of stuff and they're just like those giant wheels all those giant big wheels. wide wheels oh they were awesome and the yeah. boy to me like I, I don't understand so I went on and online and showed them pictures and my boys were just like that's just weird looking and i'm like when did i get to the point that i remember making fun of my dad where it was like wait that was fun to you like you you played with like jacks and balls when you were kids and that was fun you bounce a ball and you pick up jack like what's the point of that you know when you on and i realized real quickly i'm at that point when you know when i tell my boys oh yeah we had the original nintendo or we had atari and you know we had three games for it we had this or we went outside and and played outside yeah (laughs) we played and they're like wow my oldest son about a year and a half ago looked at me straight as can be in the face and said dad was your childhood boring you didn't have any of the stuff that we have i said no i actually had more fun than you (laughs) because i went out my childhood was amazing bro like i was outside i did stuff Yep. I did stuff as a kid, dude. Like, bro, I remember climbing in avocado trees. We lived on a one acre avocado orchard, and I remember climbing up in the avocado trees to pick avocados so that I can sell them on the street, like out in front of the out in front of the house, so I can get money to buy baseball cards and yes, like, all, all these things. It's like now it's like you see these kids and they get up in a tree, and the mom's like, "Oh, get out of that tree! You're gonna hurt yourself." It's like I, 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 I. I turned out fine, and I I only smacked my head twice, yeah. you know. 
So or they get a, up there and the kid goes, oh, there, there's bugs up here. There's an ant up here. Like, oh, please. You're worried about an ant or a bug? Yeah, it, I lived in Black Widow area, bro. Yeah, well, and a lot of the area where you grew up was just on fire this past week, week and a half ago. Um, huh. Azusa, a big, huge Azusa Canyon fire. They found out it was arson, and they've arrested the guy that did it. But I mean, a lot of that area, I mean, East Fork, GMR, all that stuff is all still closed down because it's just going back into the hills. I mean, my work, we we were the evacuation point for the residents that were up there in that housing community. So, yeah, all, all of that's all closed <laughs> off right now because it was all burning a week ago. I'll tell you this. It's really funny. So my <clears throat> my aunt lives in uh, in, in North Glendora, mm-hmm. right there in the foothills. And anytime those fires are coming, uh, her, her uh, two of her sons work for the fire department. So it's like that is the most protected house on the hillside because they'll be up there fighting fires and all the firemen will come down and my aunt will make lunch for them. She'll make oh, yeah. dinner for them. So all the firefighters are hanging out at her house and, and my uncle is like MacGyver. So he's got the hoses out. He's got stuff out. He's protecting the home. He's protecting the neighbors. They're ready to go, man. They have the key. They're at the very top of the hill. So they have the key to the fire gate that opens that up. And it's like they're the ones that are there. And all the firefighters are at their home. So, like, I could just see the whole neighborhood burned down except for that house. You know what I mean? Because, like, the firefighters, like, this is where we get our lunch. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we want we're protecting our, our restaurant. <laughs> yeah, we're on structure protection. Oh, really? You're, mm. you're no, that structure we're protecting. That structure. <laughs> That's where lunch is, and it's good. <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. But it is, it is funny because I've seen pictures like the last time the fires were up there, they had fire hoses stretched out across the front of the house because, you know, my uncle has them. He actually has a fire truck, I think, from 19 – I want to say it's a 1943 uh, fully restored fire truck. That's awesome. Oh, dude, it's the coolest thing in the world. So I can actually see him pulling that thing out and using it as a pumper to, like – protect the homes in the area you know and and they're not selfish about them they'll drive up the hill if they need to to help fight the fires i mean they're there to help and they they're servants heart they're amazing amazing people mm. but they're out there doing that and they're in their 70s i think my i think my uncle just turned like 80 and he's out there and he's he's still helping out and you wouldn't think that he's 80 you would never even think it and he's helping the firefighters or feeding them they're doing whatever they can to help those guys because i mean god bless them man they're up there they're up there protecting those homes, man, and they're working hard. That forestry stuff is not easy. Oh no, digging, digging paths and trenches, and wearing all the gear, and I mean, it, climbing the hills, climbing the hills, walking around, doing all that kind of stuff. I mean, I asked my father-in-law with the fire last week. I go, "You ever miss being on strike teams?" He goes, "Sometimes I do, just because I I miss the the busyness and the tactical part of it." Yeah, uh, he goes, but then I think back to the long. <clears throat> and being away for a week and a half at a time and you know sleeping on the ground and going okay we we kind of had lunch and then i realized yeah no i don't miss it so much anymore but i mean they work their tails off and they're probably forest service and you know and firefighters that do all the the wildland fire protection stuff are probably one of the most under recognized areas when it comes to first responders oh yeah leave when when the hills are on fire and when something's coming close to your house they're the first ones there and they don't complain no they love it yeah freaking love it man they're those are the guys running towards the danger and it's like man you guys are nuts i love it i want to do it (laughs) (laughs) but i can't carry that hose up that hill yeah no thank you i no no way and i I went to climbing stairs (laughs) 
but yeah, I know I had people when uh, my wife and I were dating and they're like, well, you're, you know, soon to be father-in-law is with the fire department. Why don't you go into it? And I was like, cause I just don't have the desire. They're like, but you've got the connections. I'm like, that's great, but I don't have the desire. I, I'm intrigued by what they do. I'm intrigued by sure. law, but I'm intrigued by all that, but not enough to make a career out of it. And it wasn't for me. And, you know, he even asked me once he goes, would you ever be interested? And I was like, no, it, it's fascinating to watch, but it's just not for me. He goes, okay, that's fine. Right. Yeah, it super exciting true. stuff, man. You go get them, Tiger. Yeah, exactly. But I'm yeah. the guy that also has this radio scanner in my office at work one because I use it for communicating with my staff, but that turns to the different frequencies and listens to their you know, tactical operations and what's going on because, yes, and uh, <laughs> absolutely 110% nerd. But it's things like that that have be, been fun hobbies for me that have also worked out well to my uh, I wouldn't say advantage, but been a blessing when it comes to all this COVID stuff because of the FEMA sure. training stuff I put myself through. They're like, hey, we know you're a techie nerd with this kind of stuff and you enjoy it. So, you know, come and be a part of it. So it's played out. No, that's cool, man. That's exciting. I mean, it's fun to be a part of something like that because those guys are a big family and, you know, they're they're living together. They're working together. They're making stuff happen. Yep. And uh, it's funny because as a kid, like going back to being a kid, I always thought the firefighters made fires. I didn't think they actually put them out. Well, there are firemen that do start fires so they can put them out and be the hero. So you're not completely wrong. Right, right. And they and they do start control fires too, you know. So Oh yeah, control uh, burns happen all the time. Yeah. So I, I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent wrong, but I was just thoroughly convinced that firefighters were the ones that made the fires. There you go. Maybe I'm still convinced of that. I don't know. I mean it, it, when you look at them it, <laughs> As a kid, they're called a fireman. They're not really called a a fire putter out. Putter out. <laughs> <laughs> we both came up with the same thing. <laughs> oh, awesome. uh, dude, I love it, man. I I freaking love it, dude. Yes. Listen, man. I, I want to. <clears throat> I think we got. I want to shift gears a little bit because I know that you know the last few weeks we've had some really you know kind of some good serious conversations and uh, you and I were talking last night and. Um, you know, there's been there's been some stuff come up, and I know we talked about this last week on the podcast a little bit. We touched on this, the mental health uh, situation that's going on right now. I just did a big post on Facebook about it, um, and and it was it was interesting the way it's interesting the way God works. Yes, um, because I was in a in a weird conversation that kind of took me on this tangent to start researching mental health issues in the United States, what some of the numbers were, what the data was, um, and what some of the studies are that have been done. And I, I went down this 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 rabbit hole of uh, looking at the research that was done on Romanian uh, orphanages oh, wow. and children that had been, you know, raised in these orphanages where they were just neglected, left alone. Uh, many of them were beat or abused and the study was not intended. So it wasn't put together this way. Like they, they just found out that there was a correlation between these kids and certain mental disabilities or, or, mental health issues and so they started looking into these kids as they got older and they were doing brain scans and as they got way older they did like mris and all that kind of stuff and they noticed that like the actual brain size was actually smaller um in these children and they noticed they were looking at the electrical firing and the signal the signals and it did not fire the same as a as a child that had been coddled and loved and taken care of and raised in a loving family and um yeah, there was this really neat report, and I, I, I wish I could remember the guy's name because um, I, was, I was reading about it. And I, I could send you the link if you want, but 
um, it was talking a lot about this and this guy's gone on to write a book and he got adopted luckily um, pretty early on. So basically he got polio oh, wow. and as a baby and uh, his mom took him to the hospital and never came back. Um, so he ended up in the government orphanage system and luckily got brought into a very loving home. Good. Well, not too long into that. Um, the mother in that home was warming the water. Remember this back a ways, but was warming the water for the tub and got electrocuted and died. So he ended up in another home where he ended up having to take care of the kids. And he was talking about, he says, I didn't know any better because I just went by based on what was done to me um, growing up in these homes. Um, You know, and especially this last one. So if the kid was crying, he's like, I would just beat him because that's all I knew. Wow. And he says, interesting, he says, I remember walking into these rooms and there would be all these kids in these cribs and they would reach out with their hands out as if they wanted to be picked up and hugged. And so he said, I would pick them up and they would just hug me. Mm. And as soon as they got that hug, like locked in, they would push away and you'd put them back in the crib and they would sit there and open their arms again that they needed love. Wow. And they were so confused and the firing order was just all messed up in their brain because they'd been laying there staring at a white ceiling for their childhood that all these pieces were missing. And a lot of them grew up to just have major issues. They, they didn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be fully developed. They were, uh, they were stunted growth. Um, you know, obviously learning disabilities, uh, all sorts of different abilities, you know, disabilities came from this. And he said, he finally got adopted by a family in the United States. And, um, they were a very loving Christian family. And he said that they would give him love and he didn't understand it. And he would even tell him like, listen, I, you need, and he would over, he would react and he felt his heart getting black is what he said. Mm. And he was waiting to get beat. And the way that he would not overreact is if you beat him. Wow. It was so scary, man. I'm not like, I'm reading this and I'm just going like, holy crap. And then those parents died in a car crash and, you know, he was torn and he had, a, you know, he wanted to go see them. So he spent some time with them because he had been experienced by some love yeah, and knew what that was, but it couldn't correlate in his brain. For some reason, the connection could not be made. And they did the electrical, literally looking at the electrical impulses in the brain and how it's firing. And it just does not fire even, a, even close to what yours and my brain would fire being raised in the families in a loving family, or even just in a, in a family that gave you attention that yeah. didn't just leave you in the crib all the time. And so researching this and looking at this, it put me into the CDC and looking at what they said about mental health and loneliness and social isolate, um, isolation and the difference between those. And it really got me thinking about <clears throat> where we are today with the COVID-19 thing going on. Uh, the, the push for isolation, the push for, you know, the masks and listen, this is not to be, and I said this in my post, I don't want this to be political. I don't want this to be a COVID-19 debate. Uh, I want everybody to be respectful about you. You can give your impression of what you want to say, uh, but be respectful about it. Um, but it really threw a lot of concerns with what's going on in today's society. And we, and I, I put in my post, I said, I, I, we have not even begun to see the death toll that's going to come from this. And our greatest death toll to come from this is going to be from the social isolation and the loneliness. The number one people and the most affected by that. Are you ready for this? Mm. 65 and older. 
Wow. 65 and older. Have any visitors. And it's amazing. Look at this. Listen to this real quick. The majority of our deaths, I think it was, when I looked at the last numbers from CDC, I believe it was 84% of deaths that are attributed to COVID-19 are 65 and older. Yeah. How much of that is from loneliness and social isolation? How much of that is from that? Think about the person that's sick and has nobody to come into the hospital and love on them and care on them and how quickly they die versus a person that has a family that's there all the time, a room full of flowers and how quickly they heal. Yeah. If you for one second think that showing love and showing that you care about somebody and having somebody there for you or being there for somebody is dumb Uh, I would argue that you are the one that is dumb um, because it is an essential part of life. There was actually a study done at one time that they took, and obviously not in this country because we don't experiment on humans like other countries do, but there's, you know, you take 20 babies and you put, you put 10 and you you separate them 10 and 10. They're both fed the same. They're both given the same, you know, physical environment. The difference is, one set of babies is touched and loved and cared. The other set of babies is never even looked at or touched. They're fed and they're walked away. That's it. It's the only yeah. human interaction they got. All 10 of those babies died. Jeez. All 10 of them died. The other 10 all lived and were healthy. So if you for one second, I mean, think about this, dude. Your mental health controls your physical health. People have overcome cancer. People have overcome major issues. People have been told they could never walk again and they have a strong support structure and they walk again because your mental health will overcome your physical health. And I'm not saying like you lose an arm and like you're going to regenerate an arm because people love you. You know, it's like, no, no. but it's your mental health is so vital. And so I, I, I wrote in this post, I encourage everybody, I, I, please I encourage everybody say hello to the person you're passing. Hey, good day, sir. Good day, ma'am. How are you doing? Show some sense of like love. You don't know where they came from. You don't know how they grew up. You don't know anything. And, and that may be the one thing that keeps them from jumping off of a building tomorrow. Yeah. You know, yeah. the other group that's heavily affected, the other, the others, um, there's two people that they said were heavily affected by mental health issues and, isol- and I, social isol- isolation. I can't say that. Um, <clears throat> do you know what the second group is? 18 to 25 year olds. No. LGBTQ. Really? Yep. LGBTQ. That did not surprise me one bit. I wouldn't have even guessed that, but it it doesn't surprise me. But those that community is everything to that community and, and not having that community aspect, that support system, because they already feel marginalized. They already feel like an outcast. They already feel like they're ashamed and their family. There it is and all those different things and not being able to have that support system around them. It absolutely makes sense. I mean, think back, going back to the, the 65 and older, think of how many times we've heard of, you know, grandpa passes away and within a year and a half, grandma who was his caretaker passes away also. And when grandpa passed away, she was perfectly healthy, no, no medical issues. And they say, you know, died of a broken heart. Well, you, you break that down and it's, it's the mental, the mental complete world change when it goes from I was with that person for the last 50, 60, 70 years of my life to I'm now completely 
isolated and alone. And if I want to talk to someone, I have to talk to myself or call someone on the phone and hope that they'll listen to Little Old Grandma. And what well, that this, does. And this was the hardest thing. Um, and I and I've heard this directly. And I'm, I'm not gonna. I can't. I'm not gonna tell the story because it's not mine to tell. Sure. Um, I'm not gonna give the names or who. But I will tell you this. Um, I was in a situation. Um, elderly gentleman, wife passed away, um, felt isolated. He got sick. Everybody was there to love on him. And he said the worst time was a week later because when people started going away. Yeah. The, 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 I don't know how to say it other than the word in my head is excitement, but the, the draw to him went away when the, excitement of the bad situation and not excitement in like a glee and excitement in like just the motion of that. And people wanting to be there to love and care and all that stuff, bring meals and all that stuff. When that started dissipating, he ended up just saying, you go see him. And he would say, you'd say, Hey, how's it going? I'm just waiting. Mm. Just waiting was the response. Yeah. He was waiting to die. Yeah. That's all it was. And that he sat alone in the room People stopped visiting him. He had a, he had a very comfortable life, um, except for the isolation. And it was not long until he passed away. That's crazy. I think back to when we did our live uh, for Steve Ryder with Holy Smokes uh, podcast, Holy Smokes Club, when uh, Elizabeth, his wife, tragically passed away during COVID, not because of COVID, but during all that going on. And um, John Ramstead, who was on the live with us, said, you know, people have, have told him, enjoy what you have right now. And we're telling all of your network and people that, you know, love you and support you. In two weeks, we'll still be here for you. In two weeks, we'll still call to see how you're doing and the boys and how the family's doing because they know the, the reality of that. You know, I mean, you hear music songs, and there's one that's in my head that I can't think of who sings it and whatnot. Uh, but it, 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 in the song, it talks about when two weeks the, the phone call stops, the, the house stops, and, and life really sets in. And that's when yeah. the mental challenges really take their toll. Yeah, and it's it's just crazy to think about. And you, you think about just where we're going down, the road that we're going down already. And we know that. We know that this virus is affecting people. I mean, listen, the, the average age of a person, the median age of a person dying from COVID related is 77 and a half right now. Um, the, you know, the life expectancy in the United States is 78. Um, so, and we know the numbers are, are very, very low, but we're creating all this isolation. Uh, we're creating all these situations that are just amping up people's minds and, and creating a self-isolation Um a self-frustration. So there's already this, 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 this demon building up inside of a person's heart, um, just with anger towards the situation. Then you couple that with all the hatred and the division in our country between Democrats and Republicans, whichever side you're on, that's the side you're on. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But there's so much arguing and, and, and just hatred and name calling and, and just despicable behavior. Then you couple that with the BLM movement and the people that are, for it, the people that are against it. Then you, you throw on top of that the defund the police movement and all this stuff. It's like, it's just negativity, 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 negativity. Then we're covering our faces and hiding our identities, basically, as we're walking around in society. And yet, we're not 
one iota concerned about uh, our mental health. They're just now starting to talk about it. Just now. Yeah, six like, months into. Yeah, and I, I really, I mean, listen. I, whether you whether you agree with the LGBT community or not, whether you agree with with you know that you're born gay or you're you choose to be gay or, or you agree with it at all. I mean, I have my stance because of my belief, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I don't have friends that are gay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like, I don't, I mean, and I remember like, cause I'm a pretty, like, I, I can be a pretty aggressive person and I people know that. Right. And so my friend, my, my wife actually has a, a, a coworker that's gay and he, she invited him over to hang out in the pool and all that kind of stuff. And, and he had actually asked like, well, what about your husband? Because they just know that I'm an outspoken person. And she's like, no, he's, he's perfectly fine with it. Like, and he yeah. came over and I was like, dude, what's up, dude? Like, you're a normal human being. You're still a person. And I already know you feel isolated. I already know. I mean, the fact that you asked that question tells me that you feel isolated. Yep. You already, you already have these feelings inside of you that you're struggling to deal with. And now we're going to couple all this stuff on top of that. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried for our society. And if, listen, if you don't, if you don't know your neighbors, if you don't say hi to your neighbors, wave at them when they leave. If you don't know their name, um, wake up. Yeah. Get out and know your neighbors because if you can at least save the people around you, maybe they're lonely. Maybe it's a grandma that lives next door to you and her grandkids never visit her. And just you coming over and saying hi will extend her life. You know, you even just waving when she's getting her mail can extend her life. Because it's those little moments that mean so much to people that feel isolated and they remember those pieces and they hold on to them so near and dear to their heart that it just keeps that drive going and it keeps them alive. You know, when's the last time you prayed for somebody that you didn't know? Yeah. When's the last time that you just saw somebody that looked lonely and walked up and said, hey, you know what? You look like you need a hug. Like, is it worth sacrificing that person's life because you're so scared of a virus? I mean, I, I, I just don't, it, it just blows my mind because not only do we have to worry about death tolls from the mental illness, but we have to worry about how that affects everything else. Oh, yeah. How's it going to affect our children growing up when we're keeping them out of schools? How's it going to affect our children growing up when their parents feel isolated and they're ignoring them because the parents are so busy dealing with their own crap? Yep. And they couple that with the frustration of now my babysitter's gone because my kid's not in school. Bro, I'm scared for our future. Right now, I could give two shits. I'm scared about our future. And mm-hmm. nobody is looking at that. And when I say nobody, our, our, our leaders, the, the, the people that are in charge of this country that are making these asinine, stupid rules, uh, they, they, they don't care. No. Or, or they're just not getting educated. I don't know what it is. Or are we just so damn selfish that we're after the, the, the next vote versus really truly caring about our community and our society and the mental health of the people around us? Holy, dude, that is my prayer every day on my knees of just like, Lord, please help our society. Lord, please help these, these lonely people that are struggling and battling with this developing mental illness that they don't understand because it's developing. It's new. It's being created. 
Lord, send somebody to their life that's just going to say, hey, good morning. Hey, you're loved. Hey, how are you? Yeah. That genuinely cares. Lord, please send somebody to these people. Because we're seeing it already. Oh, yeah. And we're anything, seeing it already. And anything that happens in someone's life, um, I mean, you and I talked late last night about you know a couple different situations and things that are heavy aspects of life with people that that both of us you know you have a situation i've got one uh, that was you know relayed to me if you will uh, and all of that is just compounded while all of that is all of this is going on right now and you know not being able to have a community support system and i don't mean it in a therapy way kind of thing but just having someone wrap their arm around you and say yeah. i'm here for you i love you without wondering am i going to get yelled at do they, are they of the mindset where i need to wear a mask and gloves and not go close you know all those different right. things everybody's got their perspective like the the physical touch of community and fellowship is yep. suffering significantly it's just crazy and and i just think of you know the the two situations that you know you and i were talking about last night and with everything that's going on how how all of the social interactions can compound uh, each of those unique situations and i just think man to to not be involved to not make sure yeah. people are okay you know, not related to those specific situations, but to ma to make sure that people are okay and to do all those kinds of things is so essential right now. We had a neighbor across the street from our old house, sweet little old lady, um, lived alone. She was the original owner of the townhouse, all sorts of stuff. And after we'd been there for about, I don't know, six months or so, you know, we'd introduced each other. She saw the boys, you know, all those kinds of things. And, and she would bring over puzzles for the boys and she'd bring over like old McDonald's happy meal toys and things like that. that just so cool. It was the coolest thing. And, you know, a couple of times she came over cause she didn't have her social security check. And this is not kind of a, not any kind of a pat on the back or anything at all. And sure. she'd come over while I was at work and, you know, she'd talk to Aaron and, and say, Hey, you know, can I borrow $20? And we never considered it a loan. It was here, and I won't use her name, here, you know, neighbor. Bertha. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just just have it, you know, and oh, I'll pay you back yeah. when I get it. No, we're not worried no. about that at all. And and she uh, got to the point where she uh, slipped, fell in the shower, and she didn't pass away or anything, but she slipped and fell in the shower, uh, and her children decided for her best health interest uh, to put her oh. in an assisted living place and all those kinds of things. And, you know, for a while when, when the neighbor would come over and say, Hey, you know, can I borrow this or would just talk out in the front, you know, sometimes we'd be busy and we would never be rude to her. It was never like, Hey, you know, sure. we're going to go and run away. But there were times where it was like, we, we, we knew that was her only interaction, but we also knew that we had things to take care of. And so we right. tried to balance it as best as possible. Uh, and, and after she had moved out and her kids are now renting out her place and different things like that, and they've taken over the, um, the house, Aaron and I have commented time and time again, we miss her. We hope she's yeah. okay with everything that's going on. And, and we, when I've seen, you know, her son there checking in on the, the, you know, people that are renting out the house, you know, Hey, how's your mom? How's this going? And she's doing great. The last that we talked to him, you know, she was doing great, which was, which was awesome. But you look back and you think of, 
you know, if that was going on, which it is all over our nation right now, if that was going on in this time of the interaction and all of that, would she even feel comfortable coming out? Would she have had that uh, that comfort right. level, the desire to have any kind of connection, or would she just be sheltered like a little hermit inside? And I mean, it sounds bad saying this way, but but kind of wither away because yeah. there's nobody there. And yeah. you know, and I know that's taking place, you know. And I know that we've taken this to a a deep, you know, topic. Yeah. But. It, for all of our viewers and listeners, you know this is real life. This is we're here to talk about real life. Yeah, it's cigars. We're enjoying cigars. It's fellowship. It's fun stories. It's all of that. But at the end of the day, all of us have real life. At the end of the day, all of us go through challenges, and it's how we approach those challenges or um, persevere through those until it's a victory, yeah. until it's a triumph, until it's something we can look back and go, yeah, th- that could have knocked me down, but look, look at what you know in our perspective look at what what god has done look at where god has brought us since then yeah that that's what real life is and and you know we've said it time and time again since it's just been us on the thursday podcast that's what i love about thursdays and i mm-hmm. love about doing this and just talking with you and the people that are going to listen to this because there will be somebody that needed to hear fun stories about kid memories and christmas yeah. gifts and unicorns and horses eating cigars and, <laughs> and mental health and all of that, whether they know that they've got um, challenges with their mental processing uh, or not, uh, there will be something that will encourage somebody through this episode. And I love yeah. that God allows us, and I'm going to say it that way again, God allows us to be yeah. the two goobers with microphones and cameras that just talk and by his grace and his power impact life i'm blown away that we get the opportunity to do this yeah i'm i I feel extremely blessed man and i i really do and to me like that's just become such a powerful word in my life lately is blessed yeah um because i mean even you know even when all my cars are breaking down calling my friend and saying hey can you come over so i can complain about how blessed i am um you know it's like that's really what it is man i'm blessed to have a car to break down let alone five of them I mean, it's it's just it's it's an incredible blessing to be here, um, and to to have the two listeners that we have is an incredible blessing, man. I I love it, and you know, I got to say, like in the last last probably two months, I think it's been maybe last month, um, I, I've had one. I've had a lot of personal connections um, that have battled with the mental struggles, and one successfully took their own life um and i've had three others that have attempted yeah and it's uh it's scary it's scary out there because these are people that were were strong powerful people and still are and um to see that they can get to that point in their own mind that that's okay um is scary to me and yeah. it's near and dear to my heart. And I, I just, you know, I've always been outspoken about the mask thing. I've always been outspoken about this COVID crap. Um, and some people disagree with me and that's fine. I'm okay with that. And I'm open to hearing about it too, by the way, um, as long as you're respectful about it, don't shoot me some stupid meme about how evil Donald Trump is. I, I don't care for any of that. Um, because any man that brings God and prayer back into the schools, um, yeah, I don't know what else the agenda would be other than to bring God and prayer back into the schools. So, uh, but 
I'm open to a conversation about that. But at the end of the day, I think what the most important thing in every conversation I have lately has always been led to screw the virus. What about the mental? Yeah. What about the health of our elderly, the people that can teach us and teach our young? What about the health of our young? What about the future? What about the people that will be running this country down the road? And what are we doing to them now? Yeah. Let's look at now. Now, now, now. So we can see what that future is going to look like. And it is scary. Yep. When I see people that I consider mentors and I see people that I consider you know, strong people contemplating, attempting, and committing suicide, oh, dude, the fear has gotten into my heart, bro, for what's going on right now. Uh, and I just, man, I just want to run out there and hug every single person I see. And unfortunately, we've allowed the media to, to put this fear into people where they're like, oh, no, get away from me. Get away. Get away. You know, you're, you're contaminated. You know, oh, you're not wearing a mask. Screw you. Like, bro, just give me a, I mean, do we, we had our Bible study tonight. We all ended in a prayer in a huddle. Yeah. Not sitting in our chairs six feet apart in a huddle, arms around each other. Heads touching in a huddle with our heads bowed and just thanking God for the ability to get together, to fellowship, to have each other and to mm -hmm. be there, to have brothers to reach out to, to have, you know, just everything in our life, man. And we, literally tonight, like we literally just kind of did a round robin of everybody just sharing their experiences and what's going on right now and not their experience in COVID or what they, what report they pulled up, their personal experiences of life and we got to support and help each other and dude that's the church man that's what it's about and that's what we need to be doing guys in our communities i encourage every one of you and i've said i did this in my post on my personal facebook brandon wells on facebook um you'll see my cigar mechanic for president 2020 logo is my my uh whatever it's called profile pic but uh, i posted on there and it said man number one pray 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 yeah we need to be praying and that's all in capitals. Um, but make sure you reach out to at least one person on a daily basis. Always be reaching out. Even if it's your neighbor, Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help? Uh, be willing to be giving. Don't be afraid. Be loving, be caring, be genuine. And you know what? We will save lives by doing that. Yep. I just, I wish I could talk to everybody in this country right now and say, just knock it the F off. And I sound like a freaking hippie, but man, right now we need hippies, dude. We need peace and love. We need people just, just loving on each other and making sure that everybody's okay. So if you're listening to this and God bless you, if you got this far into it, uh, but please, please call somebody you haven't called in a while. Please look at your neighbor, get to know them. And just say, hey, and when I say look at your neighbor, I don't mean peep in the window late at night because you get arrested for that shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, get to know your neighbors. I know the guy across the street from me. I, I saw him the other day and I said, dude, why aren't you at your cabin? You're normally at your cabin this time of the year. I know that about him. I know my neighbor next door to me. I know my neighbor on the other side. He'll walk over here and just say hi and right at the shop when we're working. He's like a supervisor uh, in our shop when we're working and. You know, just get to know the people around you because everybody around you needs love and assume that everybody around you is lonely and just let them know that they're loved. That's all I ask for. That's going to help this so much more than anything else. And don't buy into the bullshit, this crap about 
Democrats and, and, and Republicans, this crap, all this stuff, all this negativity that's flying around, push all that out and just love on somebody. Yep. That's all yep. I got, man. I mean, it, it's there's a, a Christian singer. He was on American Idol years ago named Danny Gokey. Uh, I mean, he got a lot of media attention when he was on American Idol because his wife had uh, passed away from cancer and different mm. things like that. Um, and he's remarried now. And the new song that's all over the radio by him, it's been out for a number of months now. And the, the chorus line sums up what life should be about, um, especially as believers. And it just, the, the, I think the title of the song is Love God and Love People. That yes what we make our everyday about love God and love people. And we here down to the nub are here to support love on encourage. I mean, shoot, Brandon and I were up texting till what two o'clock in the morning last yeah. night with some different stuff going on. And, you know, yeah, we're tired and different things our life happens, but I guarantee you, like I texted Brandon and said, call me if anything comes up or changes or you need help. Granted, I'm five hours away from him. Um, and, that's what it's about. Yeah, but it, dude, you would drive out here if something was going on, and I really needed it. You I would mean, get in the car and you would drive out here in a second. You'd be calling in sick to work, whatever you had to do to, and I would do the same for you. Oh yeah, uh, and and that's what a true brother does. That's what people are there for each other, man. And, and I, I just know that I could have reached out and said, "Dude, I need help." Yep. And I wouldn't even have to explain it. Yeah, you would be on your way. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And and. Brandon and I are here to support uh, to support our, you as our, our listener, our viewer, whatever fancy term you want to put on it. We're here, and if we're not able to support appropriately because maybe you're a woman and, frankly, we're not going to support you directly, personally, that way because that's just not appropriate in our mind, um, we'll, we'll connect you with somebody that can. And uh, if you – and we've said it for a lot of episodes, but you know what? I, I, I firmly believe it's because God has been telling us it needs to be messaged out. If you need support, if you are going through a tough time, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's family-related, whether it's job-related, anything, we're here to support all of you. And all we need to do is just hear from you that you need the support. At the end yep. of the day, that's all that matters. Allow us to love on you. Allow us to support you. Allow us to encourage you. Allow us to be there as much as you will allow us to. And we're here to support. And I mean, everybody that's listened for any amount of time knows that that we are we are here to serve people. We are here to serve God. And however He decides that needs to take place, that's what we're here for. Um, and and you know, as Brandon said. For anybody that's still listening and made it this far, God bless you. Truly, God bless you. Not not as a, a cliche phrase. Truly, God bless you, and thank you for for tuning into Down to the Nub and and deviating from what a typical cigar podcast is, and allowing us to just be real, to exchange real life, fun times, challenging times, goofy stories. But at the end of the day, it's it's sharing real life that's all around a cigar. And some of the yeah. best conversations you'll ever have in life will be in a cigar lounge or around cigars. And and we just want to thank you for uh, for tuning in and listening to Down to the Nub. Uh, if you're not following us already on social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Down to the Nub. Uh, if you want to help cover the cost of the show, no pressure kind of a thing. We have patreon.com slash Down to the Nub. 
Um, and then we've got our live show. If you want to laugh and have fun and learn more about the cigar industry and people that are in the cigar industry and the fun things we do and giveaways and all this kind of stuff that we're doing on Sundays, it's at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern. And, and we just have a blast. And you get to engage with us live and in the comments. And we you know respond and we engage with all of you uh, along with whoever we have as the guest on. So thank you for for allowing down to the nub to be what it is. And it's a, a, a community of cigar enthusiasts that support each other at the end of the day. That's what down to the nub is. Yeah. It's a podcast. Yeah. It's a live show, but it's a community of support for each other. And that's what it's going to always be about. So thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in for subscribing, ring the bell. And uh, that way it'll notify you whenever we uh, post new content on our YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for allowing us to be playing through your car, your earbuds, while you're at work, while you're driving, while you're sitting at home by yourself and you just need to hear somebody talking, whatever it is. Thank you for um, allowing us to fill that part in your day. Uh, and we're, we're truly humbled and blessed by that. So thank you for that. And uh, um, I guess we will just catch everybody in the next episode. Right, Brandon? Yeah, and just know, guys, you are loved. Um, you are always, always loved. Even if you don't feel like you're loved, you are loved. Um, God is there for you, whether you believe in him or not. Um, I hope that you do, and I hope that you find him because he's there for you, even at the times you feel like he's not. So please just understand that you are loved. And uh, like Tim said, reach out. If there's anything we can do to help, please reach out because um, I, I just I don't want to hear any more of these stories. I don't. I want to. I want to know that that people are okay, and don't be ashamed to reach out and say, "Hey, I just need somebody to talk to." So, with that, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. We're humbled and we're blessed to have you a part of our lives, and we're humbled and blessed that we get to take up just an hour of your day um, or your evening or whenever you're listening to this. Um, we appreciate you, and we're humbled and blessed. So, with that, thank you, guys. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a good week, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.